ESPN 97.5. Presented by Zadok Jewelers. There are jewelry stores, then there's Zadok's. KFNC on Bellevue, Houston. This is Moneyline. This is Moneyline. This is This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talk. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Lights, camera, action. Hello, world. Welcome into Moneyline. We're back. On a beautiful Sunday morning. Yeah, you got it right. And it's from 10 to noon. It's going to be the same shindig as it always was. And I'm back in studio with my partner in grind at Josh Jordan 975 is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? Long time no see, my man. Back in the saddle. We are doing it again. Hey, did anything happen while we were gone? Uh, Too much. Not much, right? I mean, I feel like whenever I was trying to prep for the show, I said, you know what? The hell with this. The prep is in my mind. I got a lot to get off my chest, as I know that you do as well. But let's get to the guy behind the glass filling in this week, doing extra duty for our guy Trey. Yes. Shout out to him. Um, our guy at... Rest in peace, Trey. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our guy Aaron here to uh, help us stay in line, help us get going for the next two hours, help us uh, on the reunion, we're going to call it, because it's been about, what, three months now? Yeah. Uh, so much has happened in just the, not just the fantasy football world, the gambling world, uh, the lack thereof sports, but everything in between, and we're going to try to get to that. So the lines are open. I know you Astros fans, with the news that broke yesterday, um, have something to get off your chest, might be feeling a certain type of way, today the stage is yours. 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975 is where you can find us on Twitter. Go ahead and reach out. Give us a call. If you want to talk anything gambling, I know I teased on Twitter that I have one of my biggest bets probably of this calendar year going off today, and I'm going to drop it because it's going to kick off during this show, and I'll drop that in the next hour. So stay tuned for that. We got a little bit of everything, but before we get to that, I mean, it's been three months since I've seen you sit next to me in a mic. What's, what's new with you? Man, I don't know. Has, has Bill O'Brien been making some trades or running the team like a champ? You like that, Jerry? Texans are, oh my God. I mean, there's so much to go to with them. And, and like you, you mentioned it a second ago, the Astros, we get that news dropped on us yesterday. You know, I, I, I work for Sports Map. We do a lot of videos. We do a lot of written content. It's been hard to come up with stuff to talk about, right? There's no sports going on. But between Bill O'Brien trading DeAndre Hopkins for nothing... And now with the Astros and maybe the Yankees are just as guilty. Oh, I am so excited. We're going to have a lot of videos this week. If, if you don't regularly go to Sports Map, check us out this week. We're going to cover this Yankees thing. We knew this was the case. It's just now we actually have some evidence. You know, the commissioner was protecting the Yankees. And, and now 
this is going to be exciting. I am so excited. I don't know if you saw some of the the Astros yesterday on Twitter, you know, Correa trolling Aaron Judge and and Lance McCullers coming out. And, man, I love Lance, dude. He's feisty. This is a fun time to be an Astros fan. And it looks like like a season is going to start. Maybe it'll be around 50 games. I don't care, though. I just – I want baseball. I want sports, man. We'll get to that as well as is there going to be a season, why the owners are being a certain way, and the, the delay is really on them from what I'm understanding. Now, uh, the players want to get back, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Astros because we knew we had a feeling, you know, that this was going on. And, and whenever you try to connect the puzzle pieces that those pieces ended up coming to the Astros, you start thinking, well, then how did we learn how to do this here? Yeah, OK. It came to a point where you say, you know what? OK, you got me. You got me. Throw the book at me. The book got thrown at me, and we had to get rid of people, and we lost draft picks, and this is going to set us back. But what about you? And then there stood on the other side of that story the Red Sox fans or the Yankees fans, and the Yankees fans especially, and the Dodgers fans, you too, okay? But for right now, let's get to these Yankees fans. And this show is is going to be uh, – it's gonna there's going to be a lot of this, I, I believe. So, again, 713-780-3776 if you want to say anything. But just to get some kind of – Let's call it a redemption, right? Because everyone's been just firing shots at the Astros. And all of a sudden, the Astros are the bad guys. And the Astros are this. But we know, Aaron, all of us, right? We knew that there was something behind the other side. It was just a matter of proving it. And now that we're hearing that a sealed letter was was made that way so it wouldn't, I guess, tarnish the, the image of a big team that would, I guess, hurt baseball, I mean, come on. That's that's just a whole other ballgame. Not only does that make you angry to uh, the fan base that was throwing rocks at you, but now you have to throw those rocks back at the front office of baseball, and you have to ask them, how do you allow this? Why would you allow this? Because we're a smaller market team? Because those are the big guys that run baseball? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And we talk about that all the time. You get that the coastal bias, right? That's why it's been so hard for the Astros. You have the Dodgers, one of the biggest media markets in the world, LA. And then you got the Yankees, one of the other biggest media markets in the world, you know, New York. So it makes sense. And they were all coming at the Astros. And I thought it was pretty funny. If you went to ESPN's like main page on their website, it didn't even like in like the bullet of like six to eight topics of the hot news for the day. It wasn't even on there. The Yankees thing. It wasn't even on there. It's incredible how how different the media is approaching what the Yankees did compared to the Astros. And, and we still don't know until that letter, you know, we know it, what's in it and what all the details are. But, look, I've known this the whole time. And it goes back to just think of that game when the, the Astros were playing the Dodgers and, and Lance McCullers was pitching. And it felt like every three pitches, Brian McCann, the catcher, was coming out to the mound to talk to Lance McCullers, and they were changing the signs. Why do you think they had to change the signs that often? Because they knew they were getting stolen. Everybody's been doing this, and now it's finally coming out. So this is actually pretty cool, too, because baseball hasn't started yet. So the Astros might actually – look, they still cheated, but we're also going to find out that everybody else was cheating, too. And so when the season finally starts, hopefully – it's going to be a different ball game. The Astros aren't going to be the only, they're not going to be the only person that people think we're doing this. And I think around the league, the perception of them is going to be a little different. I think there's a, uh, a faint line of right or wrong whenever it comes to the sign stealing business. And people wanted to put themselves on the right side of it because they didn't, 
I guess, used the electronics others started using. But was there reports from, let's say, Teixeira, an, the old Yankee, during times that he specifically named A-Rod? You know, he said the Beltran. You know, he said those guys were always, you know, guys that advocates of it saying, you know, we're behind on times. And then now we know that that's when 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 Carlos Beltran came over here. That was one of his phrases was to the terms of or along the lines of we're a little behind on times saying, hey, other teams are doing this. Let me teach y'all what we have. And that's what when you start connecting these puzzle pieces or or like you said, core, like we already knew that these guys had a history of it. It's about bringing it to light. And I'm just glad that it's brought to light now. What do you guys think, though, that this been what? Is it better that it happened now that the the season is paused because the pandemic, or how would it have felt if it would have happened in the mid season, or would have it even dropped? That's interesting, right? And the fact that didn't this thing hit at like midnight on Friday? You know what I mean? Like what a news. We talk yeah, it was about, like eleven forty three, right? We talk about news dumps on Friday. I mean, we're not talking about like midnight on Friday, like. For this big a story, and that's when it hits. I mean, I'm probably like you guys. I woke up on Saturday morning and started checking Twitter. I'm like, what the hell happened? I was trying to stay off Twitter all weekend just because it's been so toxic lately. And I was like, I'm not going to open it. I'm just going to leave it alone for the weekend. I want to see if I can go all weekend. And then yesterday, I was sitting there playing MLB The Show, ironically. (laughs) And I was like, my phone keeps like, I, I don't know. Okay, let me open it up. Let's see what's going on. Because I just kept getting notifications. This person's tweeting. This person's tweeting. I was like, what is everybody tweeting about? So I opened it up and I look and I went, oh, good Lord. <laughs> and then I just read through tweet after tweet, dragging the Yankees, dragging every MLB writer in the country, yes. local and national, of you wanted to, you want to crucify the Astros. You wanted them to suffer and be the poster child. You better step it right up and start attacking the Yankees, too. Yeah, John Gernado was a big part of that. John was tweeting like a firestorm yesterday. That was, was fantastic. I like I like a pissed off John Gernado. Yeah, I, I was reading that as well. Now, for those that have been under a rock wondering what we're talking about, in case you don't know, let me go ahead and t- touch on that first because uh, I got to get the point. Maybe some people are thinking, man, what are they talking about? Now, there's a, a, a judge ordered and... Hey, shout out to the fantasy foot, uh, fantasy world because that's where this stems from. Yeah. A lawsuit of about 100 fantasy players that, in all reality, it's kind of, uh, I mean, I look, I look down upon it as far as what they're doing, trying to get money back because the MLB, the cheating accusations that goes along with teams. So they're saying, hey, it wasn't even playing field. We need our money back. There's some kind of lawsuit for $5 million amongst 100, about 100 players. Well, amongst them players they started pursuing a lot of the legal documents and along came a sealed letter that was from Manfred to the Yankees about the findings now a judge has ordered that letter to be brought out to light now the the deadline is monday i think it's friday right like they have a monday they can the yankees have an opportunity to to tweak to it appeal. right to appeal okay. yeah and then but and it could be uh, it could be tweaked i guess to protect Right. Specific names. Yes. Okay. But keeping that in mind, they're saying, and Yankee fans being able to defend it and saying they already said that a lot of the things that they're talking about in this in this article or in this in this sealed letter is things that are already known to the public. So that's right. what they're defending it with. And we are wondering, okay, well, if it is, then why is it being hidden? Why wasn't it brought to light? And that's where you ask yourself question marks because 
you are supposed to trust the front office, especially in an investigation, unless you go get outside investigators. And that's what's going to have to happen. Private investigations, because if you can't even trust the front office and there's going to have to be repercussions, there's going to have to be someone's going to have to show face for this because you can't just sweep it under the rug, even if. And we're going to talk about what should happen to the Yankees, in our opinion, or what shouldn't, because we know personally others, others teams around the nation or or other cities can right now just point fingers and say, yeah, the Yankees, but we lived it here. Um, we know the step back that this franchise had to take. Yeah, they might have bent the rules a little bit, but the same rules that others were bending, we just happened to be the straw that they broke it on and said, we're going to break your back with that straw just so everyone else can pay the price and your lower market team it's not going to hurt us as much as we do it to these one big teams. And yep. that's what I don't like about this. That's what I hate about it. That's what's dirty. That is that is the worst part of this. And, and a lot of it's Aaron Judge, you know, saying that Altuve should get his MVP taken away from him. How's that looking now, Aaron well, Judge? Well, well, yeah. well. And if you now everybody's putting the splits of how the Yankees hit at home versus how they hit on the road. They were terrible on the road against the Astros, and they were killing it at home. So... Remember they put out that report about uh, you know with the Astros and how many times the trash cans were banged and it came to find out that Altuve hardly used it and Josh Reddick didn't really use it and now we're seeing look at the stats with the Yankees they were way better at home so the the numbers are backing up the cheating so hopefully more of that comes out as well more of that more of the winners that I have in 45 minutes the game kicks off I'm not going to wake you wait that long or may I hey moneyline ESPN 975 we're back up to date with the latest innovations hitting the city of Houston by visiting innovationmap.com or follow them on any of your social media platforms. Just search Innovation Map. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. 713-780-3776 at Moneyline 97.5 where you can find us on Twitter. The squad is here and accounted for at Josh Jordan 97.5 at Aaron S. Blitz and your man at Jerry Bowe knows with a Z. The floor is open. The stage is yours. Astros fans, if you got something to get off your chest, this is your time because you've waited and you've had to endure all the bad talking, all the down talking about cheaters and take away that World Series. Take it away. Throw these guys in jail. They're they're criminals. Well, we aren't the only ones and it feels great. <laughs> it does, man. We saw the Red Sox get punished, a light punishment at that. That's what kind of disappointed me is I thought the punishment should have been, you know, more harsh on the Red Sox because they're repeat offenders. Like in every other aspect of society and life, jail, whatever, if you're a repeat offender, you get a harder punishment. And that didn't happen with the Red Sox. This is the second time because the Apple Watch thing the first time. And then they got caught again. With, you know, they got punished, I don't know, a few weeks ago, the right? Repl- and then the replay room in 2018. Right. So, so they've, been, they've done this. They've been caught and punished twice. And yet they, they didn't. What, one second-round draft pick was their punishment? That was it? In the Astros, that was the first time they did this? And, and they got, we know what they got, the, the two draft picks for two straight years and their, their, their coach and their, 
you know, GM being suspended, it was a lot worse for the Astros and that it was just one offense for them. So, and now we're seeing it. it it's exactly what we thought it was going to be. Baseball just wanted to sweep this under the rug, you know, not make any more waves, let the Astros be the scapegoat, let them take all the bullets. And then now, finally, we're starting to hear about the Yankees. I think we're going to hear about more teams, too. Let's be realistic here, guys. Both of you, I, got, I mean, what do you really think is going to happen out of this? Because, like you said, they're repeat offenders. In the court of life, as you com- continue to repeat crimes, yeah. they, your time and punishment gets worse. It's supposed to. It's supposed to. In, in football, whenever you uh, uh, violate the substance abuse program after a, a certain amount of times, you're banned. You know, yeah. it, There's... There's repercussions. There's there's certain things that happen if you c- keep committing crimes, and something needs to happen here. I'm just not sure if it's going to be on the level of the Astros because we've used the phrase and we hear people say the term, well, they made example out of them. Okay, so what happens from there on? Because we can't say, okay, the example was made out of them and everyone else is, what, an accomplice and they're going to get less? No, they're not accomplices. This is or to- These are total different situations, and everyone did their part. Just the Astros were made an example out of. So what's wh- honestly, what do we think is going to come out of this? Not what do we hope, but what do we honestly think? I don't think much, Aaron. Do you? I think they're going to play it down. I think that their MLB is going to try to do everything they can to hide it because they're going to pr- they're going to protect every club that wasn't doing it. They needed one scapegoat to drop the hammer on, and they're going to do every single thing they can. The only problem is, is in this time we live. It's not going to take but a little bit more time for somebody else to come out and go, hey, I was, on, I was on the Dodgers. We did the same thing. Because guess what? One person who ends up signing with the Yankees or signs with another team who was like, hey, I was there. I don't want to be punished because I'm on a Yankees. I'm wearing a Yankees uniform now. Yeah, the Dodgers were doing it too. Go get them. Yeah, you need a Mike Fires for each one of these individual teams to come out and go on the record and say something. And we talked about the Red Sox didn't get punished, you know, much. And that's because they didn't snitch on each other. You know, they, they didn't actually, you know, give their testimony like the Astros did. And so they didn't really have anything to, to, to get them with. So that's why the, the penalty was so small. So it'll be interesting to see here with the Yankees. I, Look, we know it came from the Yankees. You know, we, we talked about it earlier in the first segment. You know, Beltron came over. It was like, guys, you're behind. So if he came from there, obviously that's where the Astros picked it up from. And honestly, I'm proud of the Astros. For once in our lives, we have a team that's like, you know what? We have the stones. We're going to push the limits a little bit here. We want to win. That's all we care about. We want to win. If they're cheating, we're going to cheat better than them. And you know what? It worked. They won the World Series. I didn't even think in my lifetime I would see an Astros World Series, and now I feel great about it. I'm actually proud of it. Way to go, Astros. Way to go, Jeff Luno. And, man, I'd love to see A.J. Hinch come back. You know what I mean? Do you think there's any way A.J. Hinch come back? Now, that would be back? cool. Now that everything's settled, you know, like, okay, we're going to play that card, too. If you're not going to do what's right at MLB in the front office, then we're going to take things into our own hands. Yes. And what we did, what we believed was right, thinking that, okay, it's a matter of time before they get theirs, and they're going to get in trouble as well. And since you're not going to take, you know, do what's right, then we're going to bring back our people, and we're going to start back off. That's what I wish yeah. in a perfect world, but I'm just not so sure sure that's going to happen it's it's probably not and you know jim crane had to distance himself from this stuff and but well, i mean we come to find out aj hinch was the one smashing monitors and that didn't really want this to be happening at the time so you know i i wonder with you know dusty baker's on a basically a one-year contract and then the astros have the option to bring him back a second year 
I I'd like to see him go grab AJ Hinch, man. I, I I'm just like who cares? You know, give MLB the middle finger. Does you know, anything happen to Brian Cashman? That's interesting. We're going to have to find out what it is, right? Something. I and mean, Manfred, something. the commissioner, he's the one that, that hid this. Like, And he's already getting dragged for how poorly these negotiations are going to bring back baseball. And then if it comes out that, that he was hiding this, like he could lose his job. Like he should. How much of a step back has baseball taken as far as the front office itself in the last, call it whatever, four or six months? Because... As an Astros fan, you waited. You were, you sat here and waited, and you said, man, it's a matter of time before these Red Sox and the Yankees are going to get something. And you waited, and you waited, and you waited, and it never came to light because of something that sh- the way it should have come to fruition. It comes because there's another lawsuit that, that makes that letter have to be – that sealed letter have to be opened and, to you know, open to the public. Like, that's just – I hate that, that that's the way it happened, and that's the way we maybe get – some kind of, hey, they did it too. Like now, something that we've been knowing has to come from indirectly from someone suing somebody. Like, yeah, the cashman has got to get some kind of thing. The front office has got to get in trouble as well. Something needs to happen, everyone, because we we were this close to not. I mean, because this is the second time that those uh, that that lawsuit's been brought up. They already one time that they they squashed it. They said, yep. no, this isn't going to have any legs. Now they're coming back. That's why I have so much. Faith that those hundred DraftKings guys, they found something that they said, man, you know what? If we bring this to light, for sure we're going to get our way out. But lawyers are involved, and you know at this point they're going to try to pull every last string. The problem with Manfred is whether he tried to help the Yankees cover it up or not, he's not going to get fired unless it causes a huge revenue dip, which we're already seeing because there is no baseball and because they're not coming to the plate. And they're not going to play, so they're going to get left behind while all the other sports are going to do what they can to put a product on the field. But since 2001, baseball's annual revenue went from $3.5 billion to $10.3 billion. Oof. When you do that kind of math, he keeps his money. He keeps money in the owner's pockets, and they're his boss. As long as he keeps making money. Now, because of this, because of this scandal being so big across baseball and baseball not coming back when people you know, looked at it and said, you're billionaires and millionaires fighting over a few bucks. Come on. If you want to play so bad, get out there and play and just figure it out later. This is going to cause – once we see MLB revenues drop, and I don't know how big it has to drop. I don't know if it has if a billion is enough for them to all go, oh, crap, or if it's going to be a $5 billion drop-off where they go, wow, you just took our revenues and cut them in half over one year of fighting with players because you couldn't nail out a deal and – now everybody hates you even more because you helped cover up a scandal. It's easier just to punt on them. Because, but as long if revenue comes back up, they're not going to care. That's a good point because we kind of called for Roger Goodell like this in the past. But he was making the owner so much money, he wasn't going anywhere. So Aaron's right about that. But I love what I love about this is leave it to the gamblers. You know, to help salvage the Astros' reputation. Gamblers don't take yeah. it lightly. That's where you find cheating all the time. That's where you find point shaving in college. It's always a gambler who, you know... They watch everything in Vegas, and back when you could only bet in Vegas legally, it was the guy who was unloading six different briefcases at four different casinos and going, Something's why not is right. he betting this yeah. much on SWAC basketball? <laughs> and then the, the, you start looking into it, and you go, okay, how did this guy's mom get a new car, a new house? What? Oh, and now his little brother is guaranteed a scholarship. Oh. 
point shaving and, mm-hmm. and fixed games are a big deal. And whenever the legalization of gambling came along, that's where the leagues try to get smart. And they were trying to charge a 1% integrity fee. So they wanted to be the middleman between the better a and the casino b and then they would say we'll be in the middle of that making sure there's no cheating going on we have systems that'll keep up with it if we see anything at which point the casino says back up we already had this we've been doing this for years we don't need you and then when you started thinking about one percent integrity if you start thinking about one percent off the total handle of every bet that's made and billions of dollars gambled a one percent would have been huge and yeah. they put a stop to that real quickly they said no 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 we're not gonna we'll we'll monitor we'll police it ourselves and then that was cut quickly but yeah man it's just a it's just a bad look whenever you can't trust the front office. That's just a bad look. You expect the uh, the people with the power to say, you know, we're going to treat things fairly, not just because you're a little market, a big market, and we're going to do this. We're, we're not going to give our sport a black mark. Well, that's what you're doing. You're essentially make the sport a black mark. Now that teams are coming out, and I'm hearing reports that they're saying half the teams in the league are cheating. And a guy on uh, Twitter, he goes by Joe Rivera SN. He's a he's a, a baseball reporter. He says that the signs had been going on since 2017, and supposedly there was the, the Yankees had four guys who would strictly go over the signs during the game, revealing, revealing the signs to the players live in moment during at bats. When a player made it to second, the signs would then relate to the hitter. So at this point, come on, yeah, tomato, no. tomato. We were They're all just doing not it. using trash cans, but it's the same advantage. The only advantage the Astros had over them is you have to have somebody on second base to help you cheat. You know what I mean? If 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 they if they're telling the truth and the only way they're doing it is they're relaying to the guy on second base, you know, hey, these are the signs and he's by his body movement letting the hitter know what pitch is coming. Where the Astros use a trash can. It's just the mechanism that they use to relay the information. There's only one thing, one man that can make this right, and we need Joe Blank to come in and drop the hammer on him on Moneyline ESPN 975. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Man, that feels good to hear Moneyline on ESPN 97.5, and I hope you're feeling good out there as well. I hope you got that coffee going. I hope you have that barbecue barbecue pit going. You know how we do it every single Sunday. We're trying to turn up. We're trying to get you ready to make money, not only in football season, because we are ESPN 97.5's show leading you up to kickoff, leading you up to your fantasy football decisions right at noon. You know that that's the uh, the countdown goes down those last 10 minutes, those last five minutes when you're trying to uh, figure out, do I start this guy? Do I start this guy? Do I play here? Do I make a parlay? And that's what we do every single Sunday. If you're not familiar with us, Josh Jordan, Jerry Bow, and today we got Aaron Rabled with us, and this is what we do. We, uh, we talk sports, but we do it with a little bit of gambling, with a little bit of the same theme that our uh, station here carries. It's a little bit sports and just stuff. No doubt about it. And you mentioned it. That's kind of our specialty is getting you ready for game day. You know, who, who do I start? Who would I sit in my lineup? Who do I bet on this week? Is that spread too much? We answer all those questions. And it's funny, you know, because of the coronavirus and how it's changed everything, we are getting to the point where 
like fantasy football is right around the corner. You know, you're already starting to see fantasy rankings come out. You're starting to see those emails hit your inbox like, hey, you know, restart your fantasy league. You're getting those notifications from Yahoo. It's getting to be that time of year. And luckily for us, the NFL so far has been pretty – they've avoided the issues from the coronavirus because of, you know, when their seasons happen. Now we're missing out on maybe some like rookie camps and stuff like that. But overall, it looks like football is going to happen. It'll be back in September. And we talked about this a little bit before the show. For your fantasy leagues, things are going to look a little different this year. I'm thinking rosters are going to be expanded. You're going to see, you know, Alvin Kamara, questionable, COVID. You're going to see that on your Yahoo alert. You know what I mean? Like stuff that you never thought you would see. You're going to see that. And you could have a a situation where a guy could practice all week, and then you get to Sunday morning, and he shows up, and he's running a fever, and they don't let him play. And then, then what are you going to do? So I think rosters are going to be expanded. I think I wouldn't be surprised if you're going to carry two quarterbacks all year. You're going to carry two tight ends. You know what I mean? Because you, it could be Monday night football, and the guy could show up, and he's running a fever, and they don't let him play. What are you going to do? You know, you, you couldn't pick up a guy because why would you? You thought he was going to play. And then you get to Monday night, and, and he's out, and you got to put somebody in your lineup. So I think if, if you're a commissioner, you need to expand rosters this year and maybe some limitations because you know there's that one guy. He's not going to carry two tight ends and two quarterbacks. He's going to have like eight running backs, right? Yeah. So you're going to have to you're gonna have to limit that type of thing to make sure that everybody – and, man, commissioners are going to have to be a little more you know, involved. You know what I mean? Like, you might get a, a text like, hey, man, you know, my guy's not playing. He showed up running a fever. Put this guy in my lineup. That's the last thing you want is a text from Goodell. Yeah. Like, oh, Lord, here goes, you know. Your oh, own man, personal here, here we go again. Yeah. He gives you a, a separate phone, a, little, a cricket phone. He said, here, I'm going to hit you on this at all times. It's just me and you. But, you know, I think about it from a handicapping standpoint, and I ask myself, how do you usually take advantage in, in handicapping? When the lines first come out, you go and attack them because you think that the line's going to move a certain way. You take advantage of the number before the public perception takes it. Yep. But what do you do now if you bet on a team and come Sunday something happens between that week and now he's out? Tom Brady's not playing today. Six, seven-point difference. Now you're losing yeah. a touchdown. I have a feeling that's what's going to go down. At one point or another, we're going to run into that situation, and it's going to change the way we look at things. But – I mean, hell, I've been betting on ping pong in Russia for the last few months. I'm, and nothing's going nothing's gonna, to you know, throw me off the, the train tracks at this point. But I just hate that if someone's going to learn the lesson, the bad, the harsh way. It's going to be a running back or something just wild that you're thinking, I would have never made that bet. Now it's a six-point drop. The books are going to have to be able to – I don't know how they're going to do this because that's something that's going to change. With future bets, you probably have to be a little more careful now, right? Oh, man, that's what I'm scared of. Okay, let's, okay, let's transition to basketball and future bets and whatnot. So we know that the the guidelines, the rules for per se, as the way they want them to work have been laid out. Now we're hearing a little bit of clapback from the players – which they should have done this before they came to any kind of agreement. But from what I'm understanding, out of the votes from the NBA PA, those votes were unanimous. All of them said yes. But now a lot of players that might not have the voice of them and maybe that are lower on that totem pole of voices are feeling like their voice was never expressed. And now you're coming to a standpoint to where a meeting went down with Kyrie Irving and about 80 players around the NBA and – a lot of them have concerns, different concerns at that, and that 
concerns me as a better because when you look at the odds now, that's the first thing I looked at. I'm thinking, all right, so so who do they have favored now in this type of format? And they still have the top-heavy teams real top-heavy, and I'm thinking same thing as what you said. So what happens if I have a bet on the Lakers per, per se and, and then Davis or somebody, somebody big gets – sick or yeah. somebody on that team gets sick and and then Davis has to he was with Davis say hey, whatever the case is he's out now your ticket is not worth the same so at this point I'm not sure that any of those odds hold any concrete ground no I'd be very careful about any type of future bets right now with you know just kind of hold tight because we really don't know what's going to happen and you I feel a little better with the NBA if they do go through with this and they are in this you know bubble that they shouldn't be exposed to anything, and it, it. But you know how stuff happens. People will get in. People and do will we get tr- out. And do we trust the ath- yeah. trust these athletes to uh, to do the right thing? To, I mean, we know that the NBA said no drug test during this time. So you think they're not going to be smoking? Oh, of course they will. So are, uh, well, of course my, they're doing that anyway. Yeah. My question is: Are they going to bring enough smoke to to handle it there, or are they going to have it delivered, or is someone from the hotel going? You know, you start asking yourself so many questions as far as handicapping. You start saying, okay, if there's a bunch of guys smoking pot inside the hotel, some guys that don't even smoke might be saying, it might say, you know what? Let me smoke. The next day, you're betting on a guy that smoked pot the last night and stayed up eating pizza, and now you're betting them. To win, and it's just so many variables that usually you don't have to worry about. Usually it's – and don't get me wrong, NBA, it's its own character because the, the turnarounds and we know that these players like to go out and whatnot, but this is completely different. What does it do to a player's mindset once he's been locked down? Because as of right now, no family will be allowed into the first round of the playoffs, so roughly eight weeks, all right? So what is it going to do to a player mentally that's not used to being locked down? And he's just like, man, I got to get the hell out of here. And here's what they're not saying. So I can't be flying in my Instagram models, you know, before and after the game. You know they're thinking that. And, I mean, honestly, we might see those Instagram models are the ones bringing them the weed when they run out. You know, yeah. But, you know, that they know that if they can't get them in and out of the bubble, it, it raises some flags. And I thought about this the, the other day. And, you know, they're complaining that they're going to be, you know, locked up for eight to nine weeks. You know, just no outside influence. They're just going to be playing basketball, hanging out at the hotel, that kind of thing. And, you know, they're upset about that, and I get it. But remember when kids used to go to summer camp, and they'd go for, like, the entire summer, and that was a a thing? And that's, like, two, three months, right? And we're just talking about eight, nine weeks for these guys. I mean, it's it's an inconvenience, yes, but you're basically getting paid millions of dollars to go to basketball summer camp. I mean, is that that bad? I mean— People all around the country have been locked in their houses yes. for the last three months, by, told by governments, you're not allowed to come out because you're going to kill your grandmother. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. Sorry, Graham. NBA players can't go get played millions to go play a game and then go sit in a hotel room and play Xbox for the next 12 hours. At a Disney resort. Then, go to, then yes. you get your steak dinner delivered to your room, perfectly made how you want it. You eat your steak dinner, you play a couple more minutes, and everybody's in the same building, so you're all using the same Wi-Fi to play together. Then you go, all right. I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah. Take a drink, go to sleep, wake up, do the whole thing over again. Get out of here. What the, should the punishment be for the pers- first person that gets caught trying to get somebody into this <laughs> bubble? Because that punishment should be, I mean, pretty hefty if you're putting the the safety of all these other guys that are locked in a bubble. Imagine everyone outing that guy like, man, you really you really put us at risk for this groupie? Dude, you know who cares the most, and that's the owners. You know, if one person does that and they – they spread corona and they have to shut down the games. I mean, there's hundreds, 
hundreds of millions of dollars on the line, man. I mean, there's so much money on the line. And these TV contracts, that's why they're finishing out the regular season is they got to get those TV contracts. There's so much on the line, man. But, look, I hope it happens. I want actual games to watch, Jerry. I'm sure you want to bet on a basketball game. It's been a while. I want to bet on something, anything. And at this point, getting basketball back, it's going to be a crapshoot. There ain't going to be any big bets, no max bets at first until we realize – how these teams are going to play out. Now we got our man Lamont chiming in on Twitter. He says, at my job, we test every day. Sometimes people's temp are elevated from the Houston climate. I bet it's going to be a whole lot of false reading in southern climates. And that's another thing. It's just we're at that standpoint right now that we got to the roadblock to where it says, okay, how far down the line should we quarantine or or should we isolate after one person becomes positive? And just outside of basketball, we're already dealing with that now. Okay, so-and-so person was, was around so-and-so that had it. How long down the line? How far do we need to be precautious? And, and happening in the NBA, um, what if it happens to a star and then that star was doing one-on-one with, with – let's say it's LeBron and Davis just for example. And, yeah. just, just, and they were doing one-on-one together, just individual workouts, and they eat together and whatnot. And, and all of a sudden – so now do you have to put LeBron on quarantine or on isolation for 10 days because that's the number that – I just don't know how this is going to work. We're going to look back on this 20 years from now and think, man, that was a crazy time that we lived in. No doubt. And with baseball, they're not doing the bubble thing. You know, they're, they're just going to play at their facility and, and just kind of roll the dice. It's interesting. We have two very different approaches to this from MLB and NBA. And at the end of the approach, the only thing is about money because people need to get some money back. Now, there's clauses in the NBA that we'll get to that will prohibit some players from getting money or having money available in the future if the NBA season doesn't get played out. And that's what some of these players are scared of. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to this bet. I'm going to drop it right when we get back. Moneyline, ESP 97.5. ESPN. 97.5. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. At Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter, 713-780-3776. Everyone here is in, here and accounted for at Josh Jordan 97.5, at Aaron is Blitz, at Jerry Bow Knows with a Z. That's what the squad looks like, and this is what a max bomb looks like. And we're going to drop it in Germany. Bundesliga, Schalke, Bayer Leverkusen. We're going to take the road team here, and I think that this is going to be a thrashing. And when we talk thrashings in soccer, it doesn't necessarily have to be on the score sheet. And Okay, they beat them 5-6-0, but I think it's going to be complete domination. A Schalke team that hasn't got a win in 12 matches, 12. That goes back to pre-COVID. This team isn't playing well at the moment, and Leverkusen is actually playing for something, especially after last or yesterday's, not last night's results, but uh, Leverkusen's in fifth spot, not to get too deep into that. But you have to be in the top four to get a Champions League spot, and that's huge to them. Expect them to come out, a team that plays good on the road. I'm dropping a kidney on it. This Ooh. is where you take the kidney out, you put it on the table, and you say, Doctor, I don't think I need this too much. And if I do, then I'm willing to bet it. Here you go. Kidney on the table, Leverkusen minus one. It kicks off in 12 minutes. 
Go ahead and get over there right now because I'm going to be sweating. I hate betting and driving, man, because on the way home, I'm just driving, man. I'm listening and I catch myself like, slow down, bro. Or then a, a bad play happens. I'm going like 20, like just thinking like I, I fouled someone. Like, man, why did I do that? So if you want to sweat with me, 12 minutes till kickoff, we're going to do this. We're going to cash it and we're going to celebrate together. Man, I'm pulling up my account right now. I, I've been missing the gambling, Jerry. We, we've been off for a while. And, and speaking of being off for a while, like – Man, have things changed. Like, so much has happened in the last few months. And it's been kind of nice because, you know, I feel for the guys that are doing these, you know, weekday radio shows during all this time and having to come up with stuff to talk about with no sports going on. You know, that, that has to be a challenge for them. And it's a benefit for us because we're coming back and we have stuff to catch up on that we haven't even gotten to. Um, I mean, let's let's start with you know Bill O'Brien and the Texans. And, dun dun yeah, dun! He's gonna take a knee with the players that dropped on Friday. Man, our Facebook page went crazy. Check it out at ESPN ninety seven five ESPN Houston Facebook page. It it's a great page if you want to go comment and jump in with people. I mean, that thing blew up on Friday when that was announced. Bill O'Brien gonna take a knee with the players. I mean. In the Texans, everybody's been calling out Jerry Jones and these other owners for not coming out and saying anything. You know, Cal McNair, you know, the team chairman, he came out and, and talked about this. And he sat down with Travis Johnson, and they did that thing on YouTube. So Texans out in front of all this. What are your thoughts, man? Now, us as Texans or football fans, let's say, and being in the state of Texas, it makes us, I guess, football diehards. Yeah. We live it. We love it. We cry it. We fight it, whatever, right? So us as fans, we have to know that we have to separate what a person is as a player slash coach slash owner slash GM, whatever, to what a person is as a human being. Right. Okay? So I know when talking about Bill O'Brien, it might be easy to mix what he is as a coach and as a GM as to what he is as a human being. So – Many times whenever you hear Bill O'Brien does this and it's not football related, you automatically look at it with a, uh, I guess, a, 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 a dark tint to it saying, you know what, man, this is going to be bad because everything else he does is, is, is doomed, right? But in this specific scenario, I'm not sure that it's, so, it's specifically bad because I, I tried to read into who he is. And one thing that stuck out to me is that whenever Kenny Stills and Kenny Stills has been on the front line of, of the kneeling and even when the kneeling was done and Kaepernick was gone, he stood by it. Yeah. And when they brought in Kenny Stills, they knew what came with it. Okay. So I'm not saying that that gives him the pass if you're thinking on the opposite. And I'm just saying these are little things that are thrown into the mixture before we just try to say Bill O'Brien's a bad guy because he's a bad coach. Right. I don't believe that's the case. Now, does that hurt us? Yeah, because football is what we live. Yeah, but do you? Do I believe that this is a step in the right direction? I think that uh, the, what I listened to from that conference call with uh, Travis Johnson and them, it, it was genuine. It was genuine to me. It looked like it was a face of concern. It was a face of, you know, an empathy. Not sympathy, but empathy. And I think that it's a start for somewhere. And I'm, I guess, proud to say that it came from this hometown. It's, it, it, the least, the little things that are giving you proud moments of to that franchise, that's one of them as of late. It is. And, and the, you brought this up, and you're right. You have to separate the football stuff you know, from the, the social you know, equality and, and all that stuff. Those are two different conversations because from a football front, 
I mean, the Texans have been like the joke of the NFL for this whole offseason, you know, after the Hopkins trade and, you know, like, you know, Bill O'Brien is, you know, the Skip Baylesses of the world and Max Kellerman and Stephen A. They have been blasting the Texans, you know, just for their their moves as far as from a football standpoint. You know, the, the David Johnson contract they took on and, you know, going back to trading Clowney for a third round pick. You know, they, they've made a lot of questionable football decisions. And now they're getting a lot of good PR, but it, it's not for football stuff. You know what I mean? So we have to be. We have to be clear what we're talking about here. And that's what's funny because those guys you name are hot take guys, right? Right. And, and he was safe from them for a few years because nobody cared. Nobody cared. He was doing just enough in an AFC South division that he was. they were winning division titles. They were hanging them. So it was like, oh, yeah, they're doing, they're doing decent. They got a little team down there. Now, whenever it comes to light and people start thinking, you traded DeAndre Hopkins for what? So now you get those hot take guys coming out and realizing that they've been missing out on a few years of material, and now it's all coming to fruition. And there's rumors out there that they're Texans organization and are looking to get a Bill O'Brien with people in town to maybe sharpen his image. Right. So, and those are just, uh, I guess, let's call it little birdies are saying. Yeah, so rumors, if, yeah. If people are trying to... If the organization from up top knows that his image needs to be cleaned up and to do that, he needs to connect with local media members to do that, then that goes to tell you what they think up top. And that tells you that this ain't coming from Bill. You know, this is coming from above. You know, Bill, he's, I don't really care what you think, nine and seven, Brian, it doesn't matter. You know, he's that guy. So he's not going around trying to clean up his image because it's his idea, you know, which that tells me that's a good thing that, you know, Cal McNair, it's is actually awake and paying attention that, you know, O'Brien doesn't have the greatest reputation and it's not just local, you know, it's, it's national, you know, usually the Texans are not talked about like this, especially with no sports going on. You'll see them leading a lot of these shows first take. And it's usually like, what the hell is O'Brien doing? And you know where I, I trace it back to, it was that chiefs game, that giant lead that the Texans had and they blew it and him going for it on fourth down in his own territory, but not going for it on fourth down when, you know, they were in the chiefs territory, you know, really questionable decisions from him as a coach. And then the Hopkins trade happens. And then, so they're having the same thought about him, but as a GM, not just as a coach. And, and then who they brought in. You, you bring in Brandon Cooks, who's, what's he, working on like his fifth concussion or something like that? I think he's had three or four just in the past year or so. You know, so you're, you're bringing in guys, and Will Fuller's always hurt. And Randall Cobb's been banged up for the last few years. David Johnson's been hurt. Every single person that you're bringing in has injury issues. And they're... These are guys that maybe a few years back you could say, well, maybe in the, at right. that time in their career. but And not to say that Brandon Cooks has taken that much of a step back, but many say he had a Cooper Cup and you know a few other receivers, Woods over there. Well, when Cooper Cup went down in 2018, November, I went back and looked at the numbers when, when, when Cooks was supposed to be the number one. He had that very first game. He went off, and then after that, he never – Acted like a number one, and that's the thing in this game. Let's go back to the Buffalo Bills playoff game. And many are going to look at that game and say, man, Watson won that game, that one play, you know, that, that play yeah, where he shrugged run. it up. Yeah, where, where he was incredible. But you have to look at that second half and what Hopkins did to Tredavious White. Yes. He dominated arguably the best cornerback in the game last year. And to do it the way he did it, he made himself open. He said, you know, Watson, that first half, D-Watt, you didn't throw me the ball, and that's cool because Watson, 
I mean, we could say what he won, but that that first half and a few of his quarters in his playoff career haven't been all that. Now, many say that it's O'Brien holding him back, and I do believe that. And that's another question I have. What can O'Brien possibly do? What can the these meetings with local media possibly do to clean up his image other than winning? At this point, I think winning is the only thing. The, uh, taking advantage of what you have with Deshaun Watson is the only possible thing that you can do to clean up his image. Doing that, getting your players paid, and at this point... Watson in the in the success or lack thereof is going to be what we look at uh, Bill O'Brien and I hate that the the two have to be tied because I don't want Watson to be tied to O'Brien. I want O'Brien to be out so we can see what Watson really is. Let the, let the kid play, you know. And I'm not sure that we'll see that early enough in the career. Maybe when we see it, I'm, I don't believe it's too late because Watson's going to have a long one. But I believe that missing the chance on the rookie contract, missing those opportunities, that's going to hurt you down the line. And now whenever you have to take a big chunk of your money and that's going to account for X percent of your salary cap on your quarterback, you missed that opportunity. You sure did. And when you had that opportunity, you had the best, in my opinion, receiver in the league, the consistent, uh, quiet, baller, injury not prone, right? And you let him go for nothing. That's what I don't understand. I don't either. And just get your mind around this. They're going to be committing over $60 million a year to Deshaun and Tunsil. That's, just, just think about that. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know right there. What you need to know is the kickoff is in three minutes. Get that bet in. Run. It's Moneyline ESPN 97.5. To the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. Looking to outsource your company's HR and payroll? Get the top initiative and smart solutions with HRP.net. 